Welcome to the How Did You Get Into That podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview or encouraging message to help you find and do work you love. Now, here's your host, Grant Baldwin. Greetings and salutations, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? My name is Grant, and I am delighted that you are here today. It's a beautiful, beautiful day, at least in my pocket of the world. I don't know where you're at, but I hope that the day is beautiful. I hope life is good. I hope things are, I think, I hope the birds are chirping right now and singing, and the leaves are turning pretty color. Okay. We're sounding more and more like a poem or just some random beautiful love story. I don't know what we're talking about right now, but we got a great episode for you. Hey, one of the things I want to mention to you at the top of the show here is a lot of people ask me about speaking. As you may know, I've been a a full-time speaker for about the past seven years or so. So a lot of people ask, hey, Grant, how do I get started as a speaker? If I wanted to get booked and paid to speak, what do I need to do? What is it that I need to consider? So we put together a free nine email course just walking you through exactly what you need to know about how to get started as a speaker. So you can find that if you're interested over at bookedandpaidtospeak.com. Again, that's bookedandpaidtospeak.com. Definitely stop by, check that out if you are interested in speaking at all. Whether you want to speak full-time or maybe you just want to speak like, I just want to do like five things a year, but I don't know how to find those things and how much to charge and what I should talk about and how to connect with decision makers. All of that is explained. We go in depth on that. Again, over at bookedandpaidtospeak.com. Check it out. All right, let's get into today's guest. We've got Emily Peck Prokop, who has a fascinating job. When when I first heard about this, this is, again, one of those where you hear about it and you're like, that's a thing? Like, I didn't know that was an option. I didn't see that on the menu anywhere. But she has a very unique career. Uh, Rather than steal her thunder, I'm going to let her explain exactly what it is that she does and how she got into it. So let's not wait anymore. Let's get right into it. Here you go. A little chit-chat with Emily Peck Prokop. Enjoy. What is up, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? Today, we are joined by Miss Emily Peck Prokop, who has a very interesting, unique job. And I think she had reached out to me recently and told me what she did. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. like that's a thing? Like someone actually does that? And I mean, it makes sense now that you think about it, but it's a cool job. And I'm interested to hear how she got the job and what exactly is it that she does. So Emily, first of all, welcome to the show. And second of all, tell us what is it that you do? Hi, thank you for having me. I'm a puzzle editor at Penny Press, and we put out tons of different puzzle books like crosswords and word seeks and stoku and word games and any kind of puzzle you can imagine when we put it out. <laughs> gotcha. And so like in terms of, so these would be things that we would see at our everyday, like our local Barnes & Noble, Walmart, Target, are those type of places? Yeah. CVS, drugstores. Yeah. Basically, any type of like crossword book that's out there, there's a decent chance you guys had a hand in it. Pretty much. I think we're one of the top publishers of puzzle books, if not the top one. So, okay. <laughs> Interesting. And so, your job is what do you mean, like editor of that? What, what does that entail? <laughs> so, before a book is published, I get the puzzles on my desk. And I get to look through them and check spelling, check grammar, do anything a regular editor of anything would check. But I also get to look at the clues, see if they're correct, see if the answers are correct, make sure they're updated and they're accurate. Because sometimes these puzzles are made way before we get them. So sometimes the answers have changed. I don't know if you want an example of that. Yeah, tell me. 
Oh, so Shea Stadium, since it's no longer where the uh, Mets play, City Shea, Field. yeah, Shea is used in a lot of puzzles because those letters are pretty common. You could put it into crossword puzzles pretty easily. And so we usually have to change the clue from Met Stadium to blank butter or changing things like Italian money for the answer lira to former Italian money. So updating things like that. Interesting. So I assume now at this point, like, do you just have like a wealth of just stupidly random knowledge that like you could just stump people with at like random parties or something? I think I have that. And I think that's why the job appealed to me so much. But we also have a computer database to help us out with the things that we're not quite sure on. But I think that's why the job appealed to me the most is I'm like, wow, I know all this stupid knowledge that I use for crosswords. And <laughs> people get really tired of me interrupting conversations to be like, hey, that's interesting. You're talking about that. Let me tell you this fact that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> nice. You just have this like mental Rolodex of like random facts that you could drop at any point. Yeah. I can't remember to change the laundry, but you know, <laughs> I can tell you some random thoughts. Yeah. Right, so the nutshell is you are a professional crossword, word search, Sudoku, expert, wizard, all of the above then basically. <laughs> Everything but Sudoku. Thank goodness okay. that's not my department because I can't do them. That's the only puzzle I really can't do. I just sit there and stare at it. But anything <laughs> Every, anything with words, that makes sense to me. <laughs> everybody has their specialty. So no yeah. shame in that. So, okay. So I'm curious, like, how does this actually work? Or is it just you as the editor? Like, you got to check. Because I mean, a lot of those books that you see in the stores, I mean, they have hundreds and hundreds of puzzles within them. So are you responsible for all of those? Or are there a lot of people and you're one of them? How does that play out? There are a lot of people responsible. I'm one of, I think for word seeks and crosswords, I'm one of a handful of people who really sit down with the puzzles and look at them beforehand. But I mean, we have other people who put the pages together and who make up puzzles and lay out the answer section, stuff like that. So it's not just me. If it were just me, oh, my head would be spinning. <laughs> so how many, like for an average book, let's say you got a 100-page word search book, how many people are involved in actually making that? Because I think it's just like one of those like, you know, a couple dollar item that's just kind of this, no, nobody like puts a lot of thought into what went on behind the scenes. But like how many people does it take to actually make one of those? Oh, from beginning to end. I mean, if you look at our pages and you look at the second page of it, you'll see a list that goes all the way down probably of about 20 to 30 people go into making one of those books. Gotcha. And so now today, like from the beginning, whenever the, a puzzle is actually created, how much of that is done by individuals just kind of mapping that out? Or how much is that like software generated at this point? At this point, it's kind of split down the middle. Some of them can be generated, but some of them definitely have to be done by a human because, and especially edited by a human because computers won't always catch those little nuances, especially depending on what's in our database at the moment. Right. So. Gotcha. Okay. So by the time it gets to you, your job is just to basically go through, in addition, like you said, the, the obvious editing part that a normal editor would do, like your job is to basically solve the puzzle and make sure it, it is solvable. Yeah. And we send out our books to test solvers and then they get back to us telling us, oh, well, this clue doesn't work. This puzzle doesn't work. This answer isn't 
quite right for the clue. And then we test solve it. And that's, it's a lot of fun, but sometimes we get those comments back so close to deadline that we're like, oh, we have to replace this puzzle and we have to test solve it all over again. (laughs) So it's like speed crossword puzzles. Gotcha. How many testers are out there that are regularly reviewing the any type of puzzle? We have a bunch. I couldn't even give you the number. I think if you on our website there is a form, a test for people if they want to become test solvers that they can go and do the test and send it back and say what kind of puzzles they're really interested in. It sounds like something that like grandmas everywhere would just love of just sitting and doing like checking <laughs> puzzles, just fact checking puzzles and making sure it all works together. I know. I keep thinking, I'm like, when I retire, that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm just going to keep working for the company as a test solver. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Let's talk a little bit more about the, the puzzles themselves. So how long does it take to actually like create one from the time that like if you wanted to have a puzzle out in, or a, uh, I guess a book out in does it take six months like from scratch or like how long does that actually take to create everything and go through the editing and the test solvers and by the time it gets to you and what's that process like? Uh, it depends on how big the book is. We have really, really big books that we're starting to put together now and the puzzles have already been made. So I don't even know how long it took to make those puzzles, but we're putting them together now. They will probably go out to the publisher in April and then they'll be on stands in June. So, gotcha. Okay, so you're, I mean, you're still looking at nine to twelve months or so, give or take. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, there are shorter titles. There are quick ones that are just generated by the computer, and we just have to look through. And they can be put out in maybe as little as three months. But gotcha. Okay, uh, like how many puzzles on a given day are you doing? Is it basically like you just show up and they like? Do you work from an office or do you work from home? How does that work? <gasps> I work from an office. I work in the office. On snow days, I can work from home, which is usually that's when I bring home the piles of papers to proofread and stuff I have to test solve. So, but no, we're in an office and every day is so different. But if it's a proofreading day, I could, and I'm there the whole day just proofreading, I could be looking at anywhere from 200 to 400, I think. (laughs) 200 to 400 puzzles? Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. Okay, but that's just the proofreading, not actually trying to solve them. Right, okay. yeah. All right, still, <laughs> that makes my brain hurt a little bit. Okay, so like on an average day, how many puzzles would you actually have to solve? Again, it depends on the day, but if I were test solving them, there was one day I had to devote the entire day to just test solving about 30 puzzles, so... <laughs> that was pretty recently. And the thing was, I was like, oh, this is such a great job. But at the same time, there's there are other things that I was working on that I'm like, I wish I wasn't having so much fun so I could actually get this other stuff done. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like you feel bad for having fun at your job because you're like, this isn't supposed to be fun solving why, puzzles all why, day. <laughs> okay, why? let's talk about that for a second. Why is it that so many of us feel like that? Because and there's gonna be people listening to this that are like, your job sounds like a nightmare, and other people are like, your job sounds like a dream. I would love to do that. So, why is it that whenever you're doing something that you enjoy so much that you almost feel bad about it? I don't know. I think it's just, it must be our culture where 
the general feeling you get from society is, oh, I have to go to work. Oh, it's Monday. Oh, isn't working the worst? And I think when when you find a job that you really like going to, you're not really working. You're going to have fun. And (laughs) we feel guilty about that because we're not, I don't know, we don't allow ourselves to have fun, I guess. Right. Okay. I'm interested in talking about answering the the key question here of how did you get into this? So I know you're up in Connecticut. Is that right? Is that where the headquarters is for the company? Yep. In Norwalk, Connecticut. Okay. And so did you grow up up there? Are you from up there? Yeah, I grew up in Connecticut. Did you grow up just doing like crossword puzzles and, and word searches all the time? Were you that kid? I kind of was. I, it There's wasn't no shame any... in that. There's no oh, judgment. No. This is a judgment-free zone. That's okay. <laughs> well, my Nana actually, she did crosswords. And when I was younger, she would buy the crossword books and she would buy me the word seeks because she like, the crosswords are just a little too... They are a little, a little too, hard. Yeah. <laughs> they're a little hard for a little kid. So we would just sit there doing word seeks and crosswords together and we'd play Scrabble and we'd watch all the game shows together. So there was always something I associated with her. That's just a good Nana for you right there. Yeah. Doing doing word searches and watching prices right. That's what you need in life. Oh, no. I had a feeling she had a crush on Alex Trebek. So (laughs) (laughs) the truth comes out. I know. (laughs) Nice. All right. So you're growing up, you're doing some of those. And it's fun, like as a kid, to like play around with that or whatever type of game. But oftentimes we're not thinking like that's going to actually become a career. So were you ever thinking like this is an option or are you just thinking like, oh, this is just, you know, I'm a kid. This is fun. Right. Yeah. I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm going to grow up and edit these because you still, even today, people hear my job. They're like, is that really a job? Somebody actually does that? I'm like, yeah, there are people behind these that do that. But no, I got interested in writing. And then in college, I got interested in editing. And I even got interested for a little while in law. And so if you're familiar with the LSATs, they have pretests that you could take. And they're all logic problems. And I would just have fun taking the LSAT prep courses like whoa, 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 whoa. I know you just have fun taking LSAT <laughs> prep courses because they're logic problems they're, so this is so like this is just a do. normal Tuesday night for you in your sweatpants with some uh, Chinese carryout <laughs> doing LSAT oh no, no no I still did the fun college things <laughs> okay, but it was okay. like <laughs> <laughs> but Don't doing LSAT test problems just, like just for the heck of it probably when I should have been doing other things like I don't know, studying science and math and those subjects I wasn't quite good at, but I was really good at English and journalism, which I got into. So I kind of focused all my energy there. Nice. All right. So the plan was that you were going to go into just some type of writing or go into journalism or what was kind of the path you were on? I was going to go into journalism. I worked for a few newspapers and I was hoping to be a copy editor at some point because I knew I liked editing. I liked reporting well enough, but I liked editing so much better. And I don't want to say I'm a grammar Nazi or... You can say it. It's okay. Nobody's listening. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, in my head, I'll always correct people's grammar and I don't do it out loud anymore. Uh, Anymore. (laughs) Anymore. You're you're one of those people. I know. It's the worst too, but... (laughs) So, all right. So you've always felt like you're good at this, but I mean, it's one thing to recognize that, okay, I'm good at this thing, but this is the type of thing... like. 
having a good grasp on language or grammar or writing or editing. Like there's a lot of different things that you could do with those skills. So were you always wanting to do something with puzzles or is it just kind of like, I just want to do something with editing and I just kind of happen to stumble into puzzles? Pretty much. It was one of those things that, you know, I really like editing. Let me see what's out there because I was moving at the time. So I wanted to change jobs And when I saw that there was a job for a puzzle editor, I was like, wait a minute, I really like puzzles. Like, this is too good to be true. And I ended up like sending in my resume before that little voice in my head was like, it's too good to be true. Don't even bother with it. You're not going to hear from them. But I did it. And when I got my interview and I started talking to them and asking, oh, so what is it? that you guys actually do. And I was told, well, we look at puzzles all day and sometimes you test solve them and you get to edit them and make sure everything is correct. I'm like, oh, this is my dream job. This is my absolute (laughs) dream job. (laughs) Okay. So at the time when you first heard about the job, what were you doing before? I was working as a copy editor for a newspaper. Okay. Enjoying it? Yeah. I really liked it. I got to do a lot of layout there and Again, it's correcting people's grammar and spelling. So, <laughs> of course, is, I had fun doing that. This is really the theme of your work is how do I correct everybody I, else's mistakes? I know. <laughs> okay, so you're working at the newspaper. It sounds like you fairly enjoy it. And then how did the job come about for doing the puzzle editing? Well, my husband and I were moving further away from where my job was. I already had an hour commute, and we were moving further away from that. Hmm. And I realized, you know what, it's probably better for me. It's better for my daughter if I look for something closer where I'm not an hour and a half away. So I just looked for editor jobs in my area. And this came around and it came at the right time, right place. So it all worked out. Do you remember where you found it? I believed it was on Media Bistro. But I think if you go to Indeed.com, they also grab from Media Bistro. So it could have been there as well. I'm not familiar with that. Is that mostly for like writing editing jobs? Yeah, it's for publications, magazines, newspapers. I believe they do a lot of communications as like visual communications as well. Interesting. All right, cool. Okay, so you first come across this job and are you immediately like, are you kidding me? Like this is, I, I must do this. I must have this. This must be in my life. Is it immediately that kind of feeling or you're like, eh, this is kind of intriguing. Let's take a next step or what's your kind of thought process? Well, I remember finding it and just reading it a few times thinking, okay, where's the catch? Where's the part where they're going to list something that I'm not qualified for? But the first sentence was, do you love puzzles? And I was like, yes. Why, yes, I do. <laughs> and then it was like, we're looking for somebody to help edit our puzzles. I'm like, I could be that somebody for you. And I ended up, like I said, just sending in my resume thinking, let's see what happens. And I even remember telling my husband about it. I'm like, so I found this editing job of puzzles, like almost hesitant to tell him thinking he's going to be like no that sounds too good that's a scam Scam, yeah yeah (laughs) i'm like no but this is the company that made the books that my nana used to do with me so you know i'm pretty sure they're legit (laughs) 
That's the validation is these are the books that Nana used to read me. So exactly. It has to be a real yeah. thing. Yeah, and I'm thinking like, oh, it's a sign. Like, she's trying to get me this job. I like <laughs> stuff like that, really reaching for it. <laughs> That's but... a bit of a stretch, yeah. Yeah. All right, so you're going for the job interview. And is it immediately just like, yeah, this is like, I guess the other thing too is like, how do you even, like, do they just give you a bunch of tests and you just have to do them? Or how does that actually work? I was kind of hoping that's what I would have to do. That would have been the best job interview ever. But no, I sat down, talked about my history in editing, and I had worked for two newspapers and also a magazine. So I had the editing background. And at one point, they asked me about my interests. And I was like, well, I really like podcasts. And they said, oh, what podcast do you listen to? And I'm listing all these ones that are just random trivia podcasts. They're like, yeah, that's pretty perfect. I'm like, yeah, I love this stuff. I love knowing random facts and throwing them into conversations. So Interesting. Yeah. So like even whenever you're doing uh, like the crosswords, especially, do you have to like, do you have to have a lot of that base of knowledge or how much of that is, or is like you can just look it up on Wikipedia, any answer you need? You end up, when I was training, I had to look it up a lot more. But with crosswords, people who do crosswords a lot, they know that there are certain words that are used quite often because their letters are easy to connect with. So you end up seeing the same clues and the same answers a lot. So it just kind of gets stuck in your brain with certain ones. But in the beginning, yeah, I had to look up pretty much almost anything. And we do have a database too. If something doesn't look right, we'll put in the word and our database will give us all the clues that we can use. And they're really good about updating it too. So nothing's out of date. It seems like like with a word search, like if something's slightly off, like you just rotate some letters. But if you're off on a crossword, like that kind of that could potentially really jack it up. Yeah, that affects the thing. so many other words. Yeah, I mean, if we have to change a word in a crossword, not only affects that word, it affects every word that intersects with it. But that's kind of a puzzle within a puzzle that the editors get to do. I'm saying get to do like I get to do this, even though it's time consuming. And for some people, it would seem like work. But I'm like, no, like this is so much fun that. I get paid like to do this sort of puzzle. So <laughs> when I think that's what's great about your story is again, it is one of those jobs. It is one of those like careers that most people are like, that sounds really, really cool. I just didn't know that that's even a thing. I didn't even know that that exists. And so, and then, I mean, that's part of the point of the, of a show like this is being able to, uh, like we were talking a little bit about before, there's going to be plenty of people who would say, okay, I want to be a puzzle editor. What must I do? Tell me all about this. And other people are like, Okay, I don't necessarily want to do puzzles all day, but if that's a thing, then surely my thing's out there. Right. And I can figure out what that thing makes sense for me. Yeah, and exactly. And if they can wake up every day and say, all right, I'm going to work to do what I would have done if I had free time to myself anyway, you know, doing puzzles, then I think it's perfect for them. Um, Interesting. So have you ever been like stumped by a puzzle, like one that you just could not complete that was like legit, there was no errors, but like you just couldn't finish it? Well, yeah, when we have to change a word in a crossword 
and we're trying to find words that'll connect to it. There have been times where if it's more than 20 minutes and it's going nowhere, we kind of have to kill the puzzle and replace it. But as far as that, we also get the answer section. So it's not like we're doing this <laughs> with nothing to help us. As long as the answer makes sense and goes into the puzzle itself. So they give you the answers for at the beginning? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cheating. <laughs> I know. There are some times where when I'm test solving, I, I love doing certain puzzles so much that I'm like, no, I want to see how far I can get without the answers. So I kind of test myself on that. But in getting something done for deadline, you kind of need to have the answer there so that you're not sitting there just staring at one thing for about 10 minutes. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now that you've been doing it for a little while, I know you kind of mentioned the, it sounds like there are test opportunities, but mm -hmm. are there, what other opportunities are there to work with puzzles, whether it be creating or editing, what other opportunities are there and how would someone go about getting into something like that? I know we have people who work remotely and I know other puzzle companies probably operate similar to ours. So it's just a matter of searching seeing if you can find something either in your area or somewhere where you can work from home. Gotcha. Okay. Well, cool. I've got to tell you, I've got a couple other questions, but one of the things I'm curious about that I think some people would be intrigued by, we're going to say for the bonus round would be, all right, so people that are really into like crosswords and word searches, like what are just some like basic strategies? Like when you're staring at a blank puzzle, what would be some strategies that they need to think through whenever they're actually doing them that makes it faster or more efficient? So again, that we're going to go a little off the beaten path there for that bonus, but we're going to save that again for the bonus round. Uh, but if people are interested, they want to connect with you, maybe they have a, a couple other questions. I would love to hear more about what you're up to. Is there anywhere online we can find you? Sure. I'm on Twitter. You can contact me through our podcast Twitter, which is at classy underscore podcast. And you can email me at classypodcast at gmail.com. Awesome. Cool. Well, we'll be yeah. sure and uh, link up to those in the show notes as well. So, Emily, thanks for the time. And we, like I said, we'll chat for a couple more minutes over in the, uh, the bonus round, talk about some puzzle strategies. Sound good? Yeah. All right. Thank we'll you very much. We'll see you there. All right, there you go, boys and girls. Hope you enjoyed that chit-chat with Emily Peck Prokop, who is a uh, just that's a fascinating career. Like just doing crossword puzzles and word searches all day. Like I I didn't know that was a thing. Did you know that was a thing? I it was it's news to me. But anyway, really good stuff there. Definitely uh, download the bonus material so you can hear a couple more minutes if you're interested in that. And we just we chat a little more, a little chat 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 chataroo. So you can find that uh, over at grantbaldoncom slash podcast or just click on the link in the show notes of this particular episode and you can find that there. Uh, definitely be sure and subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating and review. Also, as always, feel free to uh, email me, grant at grantbaldon.com. Let me know if there's anything that I can do for you, anything that you're working on or wrestling with, anything I can do to help you, support you on your own journey to find and do work you love. Let me know. All right, my friends, that is it. We will catch you next time. You're awesome. Thanks for listening to the How Did You Get Into That podcast with Grant Baldwin. Don't forget to visit grantbaldwin.com for all the show notes and links discussed in today's episode. We'll see you next time.